Okay, I finally got my device situated for live streaming. So I'm going to be walking as much as possible. Driving's just lazy anyway. I've got a grocery store around the corner. If I go downstairs, drive around, find a decent parking space, get out of the car, walk to the store, it takes more time than it does just to walk from my front door to the grocery store. So I could drive over there to find a parking space, but the space that I find, except during best hours, or least busy hours, is gonna be further from the front door than my own front door. So I may or may not be here in Longview, Texas, which may or may not be the residence or the city of residence of one of my favorite stalkers. Yeah, the thing is, yeah, driving sucks as it is, but it's like 110 degrees. The wear and tear on the vehicle. I haven't moved my Jeep since the brakes went out. Haven't even had time to deal with that, but I realized that, um, okay, it's like walking every once in a while is a smart thing to do anyway, especially if you work on the internet. Very sedentary life. You're better off smoking cigarettes than living sedentary, sitting in front of your desk all day. So that getting out's important. Albuquerque, it's one of those towns where you can walk around everywhere. But it's not gigantic. You can't really uh, get lost here. The only thing that's lacking are the 24-hour places. Like 24-hour Walmarts, we used to have those, but I think it just attracted more crime and homeless people than it attracted actual business. But I've got a 24-hour post office right up the street. So um, now that I'm back in the business of art, selling artwork, it's kind of convenient. I don't exactly have a commute. The last time I had a commute, it was worthless because driving across town through the traffic adding an extra 45 minutes each way well look at that that's let's just say an hour each way that's two hours a day you're killing for what five days a week that's 10 hours spent in traffic that's 40 hours a month 360 hours a year just behind the wheel which is fine if it's entertaining if you got a music whatever, but I start to ask myself, is it worth it to spend your time and your energy commuting? The other side of it is the wear and tear on the vehicle. So I'm, I'm totally not into it. 
if I could get away with not driving, just like what I usually do is I tend to Uber. And if I'm going a distance, I rent a car. What's up, 20 had higher expectations? I thought people would have been insulted after Starman. And, okay, so they just sent the dragon. The dragon's one of these SpaceX things. It looks like, uh, it really just looks, again, like a washing machine with a couple of screen doors attached to the side of it. They sent it up there to go drop off supplies for the astronauts up there, the ISS, whatever. And so I think the game is this. Same thing with PSYOPs, because the space program is a psychological operation. If they launched a Starman every week, we would see through it. So I think what they're doing here is they're hitting us with little jobs here and there. Little launch there. Like, okay, they just sent Death Wish coffee to the people in the space station. So they get their, they get their coffee sent up via SpaceX Dragon module. Nobody questioned it because it's a small thing. They just send it up, goes back down. And so they're making it routine, and that's where it gets crazy. It's a routine to where it's not even a big deal to say something's going into space. So I think that in, maybe the, uh, the Starman was there in order to open that Overton window a bit. So if they can get us to even consider a car being jumped, you know, uh, shot up to Mars, and they get away with it, then how much easier is it for them to get away with all these little tiny launches? The way I had expected it to go, the way it would go if we had a bit more sanity in the world, is people would have said, Starman's fake, therefore what else is fake? And that never happened. There wasn't quite, in fact, they were ready to go attacking anybody who questioned it as being real. So if Starman couldn't do it, what would? I mean, how fake do they have to be? And I'm starting to realize that we're dealing with believers. So they don't even have any issue accepting any of this stuff. They have suspended disbelief. That's what a believer is. They give everything the benefit of the doubt. I mean, look at, okay, think about it like this. If you went into a church, like I went to a Mormon church once. I wasn't a, a member, but more of an observer. And, you know, having been raised in a Catholic environment, I knew what I was looking at for the most part. But instead of wine and communion wafers, they did little paper cups of water and I think it was croutons. It was just like purely just symbolic. It was just corny. But instead of reading from the Bible about Jesus or whatever, they just had several individuals come up and talk about their conversion. Like some guy comes up, I was a uh, atheist until I met these two kids on their bikes with their white shirts and black ties. And they told me all about Joseph Smith. And now I'm a Mormon. And everybody claps, the next person, the next person. And uh, so you're dealing with like 
a lot of just in-group acceptance. You say you believe you're in. That's all it takes. And the space program is not a scientific endeavor. It's a belief system. The people who believe in it have no reason to question any of its miracles. And a lot of it does take a little bit of work at the level of the individual to actually think, you know, why would this be faked? What am I actually looking at? Who is lying to me? The moon landing, for example, eminently debunkable, but you have to care. You have to care enough to look at it objectively. Now, there are people who don't know that you ought to question ABC, NBC, uh, Fox. There are people who don't know that the mainstream media lies. Like, they don't know that the mainstream media is state-controlled. They have no idea. And so I try to see things from their point of view, which is difficult, because it's, it's beyond naive. It's reckless. It's literally reckless to think that the mainstream, alternative media, all of it, that is all just truth 24-7. What kind of person would you be? What kind of world would you live in? So I see a ton of people, you know, often making this, uh, this claim that there's no reason the media would lie to us. And so I'm like, well, then what's this, what do these people believe? And they're like, well, they believe in all the school shootings for one. So they believe that there's, there's been 17 years of kids being mowed down in school classrooms. You know that's all theater, right? It's pretty messed up. And, and uh, people don't question it because why would they have any reason to? That's the other part of the moonlighting. Why would they fake it? I myself pretty much assumed it was faked it looked fake but I never really thought about it deeper than that I was like why would I care what difference does it make I didn't connect it to anything bigger I thought it was kind of funny but now I understand it has to do with establishing boundaries terrain a, a concept of the world so you get these goobers who think that all the school shootings are real, all the terrorist attacks are real, global warming's real. The ones who don't understand that people with power lie, these goobers, and their world is dark. It's getting hotter because of us. It's gonna, it has an expiration date. Spinning ball earth has an expiration date. And at some point the sun's gonna engulf everything in this place. It's. It's total disaster for mankind, no matter what we do. If we leave, aliens will get us, if we survive. If we don't leave, we'll destroy ourselves with global warming. And if we don't destroy ourselves, well, the sun's gonna blow us up anyway, it's gonna expand. We could be hit at any moment by a meteor, space junk could fall, any number of things could go wrong in their universe. So here we are, bearers of good news. Hey look, you've been ruled by superstition. So I was looking into this fear of God. You know, the, the, the Romans, the ancient Romans, the Romans always had this idea, you know, polytheism. 
Yes, some gods are nice, some are pretty bad characters, but blaming everything on gods is a very powerful tool if you actually have a lot of believers, right? Some of those gods are evil. Some of those gods that we have today, and they're still using it, so today, some of the gods that we have in this, in our cosmology, in, our, in, this, in the world's pantheon of the day is the school shooter and the terrorist. These would be, you know, they're not the nicest gods, but they're these characters, they're ubiquitous, they're universal, they're everywhere, they're omnipotent, they're unstoppable. And they can't be stopped. If there's a school shooting, even if you drilled for it that very day, which is usually the case, uh, they're going to mow down dozens of people before they're stopped. So they can't even help you. So, uh, the ancient Romans called this instrument of government, fear of God. And what it meant was, in their view, from the view of the elite, the masses are unruly and they need to be controlled. So how do you control the unruly masses? With fears. Don't go there, you'll encounter this threat. Don't do that, this will happen. If you don't do this, this may happen. Now all these fears are based on superstitions, and that was the big quandary here. Is it okay to rule people by fear if it's for their own good? Think of the movie The Village, the commune, the kids don't know they're in a commune, that their parents moved to a commune, had them, and then took up position as village elders. And how do they keep the kids in the commune as they grew up? Fear. If you leave, you will encounter these monsters. Beyond the monsters, you may find a village, but the people are wicked. So they used fear of gods or fear of these monsters to contain the entire population. So then, let's say you go in and you, you dispense a few red pills and you're like, hey kids, you know those monsters uh, outside the boundaries of the village? Well, they don't actually exist. Not only do they not exist, you know, then they'd say, oh, how dare you, you're calling it fake, non-believer. And like, well, no, not only are they fake, but your parents put the costumes on and dress as monsters and prance around in the woods at night to keep you in a state of terror so you don't go anywhere. Yeah, these are some red shucks. So how would a... Uh, you know, how would they have taken it if you had said this? Well, obviously, the damn parents, the elders of the village would say, don't listen to the heretic. He's telling you not to fear the monsters. If you go out there without fear, the monsters will get you. And then you have uh, the auto hoaxer who goes a little further. and He's like, hey, not only are we looking at fake monsters in the woods, but it's your parents dressing up as the monsters. See, this is where we are right now. Not only are we saying, hey, these damn terror attacks are fake, these school shootings are fake, but we're also suggesting that the ones reporting it are the ones perpetrating it. These trucks were blue. 
they turn red from all the curb stomping. You know, speaking of curb stomping, I got a I made a call yesterday to Brian Aker, one of my stalkers. Total weirdo. This guy used to wear a hockey mask while petting a pink lamb and reading Bible verses while watching my live streams, muttering to himself about how he's going to get me someday. So this crazy Christian, because he's a Christian, that's why he's after me. You know, he, I called him a sister effer because he and his sister look like twins and he insisted they're not related. So whatever, I'll give him that. So I called him up yesterday and I'm like, where are you, man? Like, why are you looking into me? What's your problem? And he's like, I'm in Canada. You can't touch me. I'm like, oh, you're in Canada. So I get a look at his face because I actually hit him up on Google Hangouts. And I'm like, man, I'd go up there and curb stomp you, but you look like you've already been curb stomped a couple of times. And he agreed with me. And the guy's face is busted. My point is, um, I've been reaching out to my stalkers one by one hey you want to talk and generally they don't they want to keep that distance so they can still come after me like I'm some type of a, a bad guy that they're hunting it's like the hunt's over I've done a 180 in fact I'm actually at the point where I'm actively stalking my stalkers and it's working uh, for example Jamie Thompson sent me a cease and desist. Remember Jamie Thompson with her 500 sock puppet accounts accused me of this and that, following my every move, calling me the mouse, she the cat. That Jamie Thompson had enough. And I think I know why. Jamie was stalking one night through one of my blogs and I think she forgot to put on a proxy condom because uh, I made a connection really quick between a certain commenter and a certain Discord user and a certain email address and a certain YouTuber. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. So my guess right now is that Jamie, Jamie's in South Texas. Now, we don't even know Jamie's gender. That's the uh, stated gender, but Jamie also played the role of David Thompson. So the person behind the moniker Jamie and David Thompson in all likelihood lives in South Texas. We're getting close, though. I'm just a couple of phone calls and letters away from possibly getting some confirmation there. Now, is MGTV that big goofball that we found? We think so. But if the purpose of my stalkers was to defame my character so that I wouldn't associate or I wouldn't um, be accepted by the greater FE community, well, they succeeded and they failed. Like, I was never a part of the Flat Earth establishment. I never was. I mean, I think these people are nice. I just think they're wrong. I have nothing bad to say about them. Like Mark Sargent, for example. He's 100% wrong. He's anti-science. I don't hold him against him. He's got an entertaining show. 
I think that he's an interesting person. I like people who look into conspiracies and weird topics. I thought it was hilarious that he managed to get onto the BBC with an astronaut and, and actually try to call him out on TV. That was pretty funny. Like, I can't really criticize people for doing what they're doing. We all have our own way of doing it. But what I will say is that um, I want to draw a real firm line in the sand here, a real bold line between anti-science and pro-science, F.E. Anybody in this conversation is here because they rediscovered for themselves the scientific methodology. And they used it to debunk the reality augmentations that have been handed to us. Namely, the spinning ball paradigm, the heliocentric model. Augmentations to the perceivable reality. We don't need augmentations. So, we come across the scientific methodology, we start using it, and we debunk a lot of things. And then, a number of self-appointed experts rise up to provide something to fill in for where the old model no longer suffices. Enter the dome. So, debunking the globe is purely a byproduct of the scientific method. Erecting a dome is purely the byproduct of scientism, of reality augmentation, of belief over knowledge. So in other words, it's just a belief. It's an arbitrary belief. So the dome is a unicorn. If you want to believe in unicorns, go for it. Ace, it's on you. But if you want to insist that flat earth equals unicorn, I'm gonna to have to call you out on it. So, Mark Sargent, unicorns don't exist just because the earth is flat. And the same could be said for domes. There is no dome. So then I ask, why are you positing the existence of a unicorn in the first place? Why is it so important that we believe in this dome? Well, the one thing the dome does, aside from providing useful explanations for a certain model. Another thing the dome actually does is it eliminates the need to go anywhere. There's nowhere to go. So if I was uh, in charge, let's say I was the head of this thing. Like I'm sitting there at the North Pole, at the round table, the inner circle, top of the pyramid and all that it's like hey look this spinning ball things worked for 500 years but they're gonna see through it because of uh, you know technology modern optics p900 what are we gonna do so I lean over to my buddy uh, the Pope you know and he's like well we'll just go back to a, a Bible method a Bible model I'm like what do you mean he's like well we don't want them to go anywhere, and, and the ball's up. They figured it out. So why don't we just give them a dome and tell them God made it and that science is trying to hide it? So that'll kill two birds with one stone. One, they cease needing to go anywhere. And then two, since we destroy science, we'll have them back in the realm of belief. And I'm like, that's brilliant, Pope. How are you gonna do it? He's like, give them a dome, they won't go anywhere. 
Just make sure that anytime somebody talks about the world being something other than a spinning ball, you eliminate, eliminate the possibility that there's more land. And that's what they've done. So I have people who have used the scientific method to debunk the globe accusing me of heresy because I don't believe there to be a dome. Domers are globers. They're both believers. Infinite possibility is, is what we're at right now. It's infinite possibilities. Until proven otherwise. IPS, Infinite Plane Society, is Infinite Possibility Society. And something else too, let's just say this, flat universe trumps flat earth. So even if we're wrong, and the world is what they say it is, they admit the universe is flat. So even if it turns out that the world is a ball, flat universe is still the thing. And it has all the same implications as a flat earth. Which is, we're talking about infinity. We're talking about infinite possibilities. Yeah, the NORB theory. What's the NORB theory? See, here's the problem, too, with theories and models. There are no all-encompassing, all-explanatory theories or models. Only attempts to provide those by experts who say, I have it, but for you to understand it, you need me to explain it to you. Every model has to have a, its own revealer. It's not self-evident, which, which is how you know it's an augmentation. I'm going to be uh, recording daily using this camera as I travel about. If you're not subscribed to my email list at infiniteplanesociety.com, you should be. What I'm going to do there, because you know how YouTube is, you know, it's, it's run by fascists. So this will probably self-destruct. This video will be deleted all these messages, but they will show up on my SoundCloud podcast account at infiniteplanesociety.com. Infinite Plane Society is not, not a Flat Earth Society. In fact, the Flat Earth Society and the Globe Earth Society are pretty much the same thing. They're enclosed models with outer space. And Wake Souls, you can stop in Austin. Yes, the trip is going to be, uh, well, Florida first, Austin on the way back. I may be making a stop in South Texas for a day or so, depending. I may not need to, to get done what I need to get done. It's a slow process. Um, when you're trying to deal with defamation. And I kind of don't care. I mean, I defame my character more than they do. In fact, lately I've been thinking, is there a way I can use the attention? So, for example, um, if I'm going to have several accounts doing a 24-7 live stream hit pieces on me or whatever, could I use it to sell the artwork? Because, see, they're going off the premise that I need to be squeaky clean in order to be accepted in this community, which is true. If you want to be accepted in the community of believers, 
of religious nutcases, yet it helps if you're squeaky clean. But I'm not, and I've never pretended to be. Like, I openly say, I am anti-religion. I'm anti-Christian. I'm anti-Islamic. I'm anti-Scientologist. Like, anybody who's part of a religion, I, I'm for you as an individual, but I'm against what the, the mob you're a part of is. I really am. So I'm not trying to, uh, I'm not trying to play the politics game here. So in a way, it almost doesn't matter what the church ladies say or do. I got tired of it, to be quite honest. I got tired of the chat spamming and the emails. I guess when they dragged my family into it is when I kind of got sidetracked. Now, Christian, okay, um, Christianity is just the older version of Globianity. It really is. If you're a Christian first, listen, that's a state religion. It's statolatry. Call it what you will, but it's government worship. State-approved spirituality. And it's not even spiritual, it's anti-spiritual. Religion is anti-spiritual. It may be a good community for you. I mean, I'm not trying to uh, dissuade people from going to church. But what I'm saying here is that the religions of the world have been controlled from day one. The books have been sanitized. Like, trusting the Bible is like trusting the media. You can trust your own discernment and watch the media and know what's going on. But you can't trust what the pundits are telling you. You can't trust their interpretation. You could read the Bible and navigate your way out of the matrix. But if you listen to what the priests and the churches tell you about the Bible, they're going to send you the opposite direction. It's a bondage. You know, I even told some of these troll stalkers, I'm like, hey, I'm ten times worse than you'll ever uncover, which is true. The worst stuff I've done isn't on the internet. It wasn't recorded. And the things that I'm going to do that they would consider to be bad um, aren't going to be recorded. Like, I'm not here to, um, like, play, like I said, no politics here. I don't need to mind my language, mind anybody's feelings, none of that. Now, the thing about authentic intent, yeah, you mentioned his, his thing. I like his approach. I think he's funny. The Jesus thing does throw some people off the way he, he does um, bring that up. He doesn't use a purely scientific... Yeah, he goes halfway. Like I said, you can use the scientific method to debunk the old model. And that's all you can do. Anything else is augmentation. But, I don't know, I'm interested in observing it because um, there are a lot of people who might find that useful. They might find it useful, like, wait a minute, who did this and why? Because a lot of people who are religious got into religion because they sensed that something was off in the world. They sensed something's wrong. And they, there is. So you sense the matrix. You feel that something isn't quite as it appears. So what do you do? You go to the people who seem to be experts on all things spiritual. You go to the church. And what do they do? 
they sell you a false model. The, the Christian church is controlled opposition. Now, people like Authentic, though, I wouldn't call them churchianity. I wouldn't call them a, um, a, a churchgoer. You have churchianity of Christianity. He's not a churchgoer type. He's not a church lady. He's not a fake Christian either. Morgyle is a fake Christian, 100%. Bearing false witness, lying, avoiding accountability, gossiping. I mean, that is a fake Christian if there ever was one. Which is why you'll never see him in the street doing anything. He's like, oh, I am a Christian, therefore you are all sinners. Oh, somebody mentioned Frankenstein. Really quick here. I'm doing a little bit of writing on Osiris in pop culture. And I'm starting to think that Osiris might actually be the basis for Frankenstein. Frankenstein, of course, the monster. Frankenstein's monster, you have the... He's in a grave, he's in a lot of pieces. Like Osiris, chopped up by the Prince of Darkness in a lot of pieces. And then he's reassembled. And what brings him back to life? In the Egyptian myth, after Osiris is reassembled, it's Isis, the goddess of the night sky, who descends on, his, on the obelisk placed on the grave after he's reassembled, and then zap. He comes back to life, electricity. Frankenstein, it's the night sky again, but this time it's electricity. Same thing. Getting a jump start from above, the goddess is, is the night is Isis. And so the lightning is actually uh, in the story of uh, Frankenstein and the lightning rod, I think, is a symbol of the earth and the sky as in, you know, reuniting. And that's Osiris. You know, he's under the ground. He's in the grave. That's the earth. You know, when I think gravity, I was looking into the root word of gravity, the etymology, and it does have to do with the earth, with grave, with the, uh, it's not really about a force. It's about a place. It's about down. It's about what's at the bottom. So I see the Osiris resurrection being retold in Frankenstein's monster. And I think what's told there is that life is, it permeates everything. It just needs a care. It just needs a can. A care, we call it a uh, not a conduit, but a a carrier. It needs a a body, right? And so the story here is inanimate dead matter put into a right form to where it can hold life, and that's what they're doing with Sophia. That's what we're going to be doing with artificial intelligence. You're talking about creating a physical vehicle capable of carrying sentience and the sentience I, I'm thinking now is all around us other stories tell the same thing the golem of Prague you know this was a story about this clay figure and if you put the name of God on a piece of paper in his mouth it would become animated yeah, these are all I think these are all just allegories that have been passed down. I don't know if you can see the moon right now. These are all just allegories passed down, I believe, by the secret society networks. So the elect know the stories. 
means something more than just you know a monster it's it's a it's not just a grotesque story it's actually telling us about the relationship between consciousness and matter inanimate dead matter i mean that's why i called will Fer will uh smith a necrophile No necrophile. He he was there trying to kiss Sophia, kissing dead matter. Although it wouldn't be necrophilia if she was actually inhabited by a sentient being, right? I mean, that's where sci-fi has been focused for such a long time. You know, Blade Runner replicants. Actually, it started further back than this with Metropolis. All right, I've got 3% battery life. I'll continue this later. Go to infiniteplanesociety.com and uh, subscribe so you get the uh, blog posts. And I'll be putting all of the podcasts up there as well. And this content may or may not stay up on YouTube. Thanks for joining me. I will uh, catch you all in the Discord.